You know, I, uh, I don't know about you, but um, in this world, there seems to be a lot of fighting and differences, angry words, and all of those rancor and dissent and name calling. And I don't know about you, but that kind of bothers me. It was back in 1975, a band, believe it or not, by the name of War came out with a song said, why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? And they said it so well, especially in that first verse. That first verse went, ooh, 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 la, 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 la. Kind of gets you right here, right? And then why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? But you know, sometimes it's even in the church, even in the church. And, and what's really um, scary is when this, this rancor and this dissent and the angry words and the hurt feelings filters in from the world into the church. But it happens sometimes because we all have difference of opinions, don't we? Let's, in fact, to show you we have different opinions, I want to play a little game this morning. Just humor me for a minute. It's called Voice Your Opinion. Okay? Voice your opinion. Now I'm going to give you a, a question with two choices. And you only have two choices. And you've got to take one or the other. There's no, none of the above. Or I'd rather have a third choice. You've got to tell me which do you prefer. The first question, you can play at home too. Uh, put your hand up when I say which one you prefer, okay? And at home, if you're at home with, by yourself or with family, you can do this. But first of all, your only choices are chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream. Okay? Uh, chocolate ice cream. Okay? Vanilla ice cream. Wow, that's about half and half, or maybe a little more vanilla, I don't know. How about this vacations? Mountains or beach? Okay. For those who go mountains, mountains. Mountains. Beach. Wow. See how, see how we're split? How about this? Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> you say, I don't know, I don't drink coffee. Well, maybe you get a donut or something. Okay. Starbucks. A few. Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I don't care. No, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, you see, we have these differences, and, and to think that they're all just differences on these, what I would call silly items, or items that really don't matter, would be kind of foolish. We have difference of opinions on some items that we're passionate about, right? And how do we deal with those, especially in the body of Christ and the believers? And I think Paul gives us a good hint on how to deal with that, and we're gonna be in Romans chapter 14 today. Romans chapter 14, and if you've got your Bibles and your Bibles at home, you might want to turn there. We're going to be in a lot of Scripture, but most of it's going to be right here in 14 and 15 of the book of Romans. And I'm going to be reading today a little different. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation since we're in so much Scripture. Maybe help us a little bit. And he says this to start off. He says this, Accept other believers who are weak in faith, and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Now, stop here just for a second. This accept means to welcome. Welcome or receive. And what he's saying here is, is welcome and receive those who have some difference of opinions than you do. In fact, some of your versions would say something like, don't quarrel over opinions. And so he's saying, accept them. Receive those who are different from you. Even if their opinions on, on things are different, even if they have some thoughts and they, things that are different than what you have, accept them and receive them. And so, but Paul wants to make sure he's not misunderstood. He wants to make sure they know what they're talk, he's talking about here. So he goes on to give 
a couple examples. And he starts in verse 2 through verse 9. He says this. For instance, okay, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and to give thanks. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it is to honor the Lord. And if we die, it is to honor the Lord. For whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be the Lord of both the living and the dead. So what's all this talk about vegetables in the Bible? And what's all this talk about meat? And, and so we need to understand a little bit of what Paul is saying here. We get a little bit of understanding. Maybe if you went to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and he talks about this same subject of eating meat. But there he gets a little more specific. And one of the concerns that he had and the, the people in Corinth had was this meat that was offered to idols. And they had this conviction. Some people thought, well, my, this meat has been offered to idols, and so I can't eat that. That would be dishonoring to God. That would be blasphemous, and so I can't do that. Others would say, hey, there are no other gods. They're just, they're just, they're just you know, figments of their imagination. There's only one God, and so the, this meat can be eaten. It's no problem. And so that might have been very well what they were talking about here. Some people would even be concerned if the meat wasn't offered to idols and was just in the market, maybe it had been offered to idols before it went to market. Maybe there had been some, some sort of sacrificial or some sort of offering done, and, and now it was in the market, and, and if they went and bought it, whoa, it might. So if that's the case, I'm just better off being a vegetarian. I'll just take my broccoli, asparagus, and you know, all those stuff, and I'll stick with that. You know, we, no one's offering that stuff. <laughs> and so there was this issue of do I, do I eat meat or don't I, don't I eat meat? And then these days, you've got to remember, Paul is writing to the Romans. These are, this is a church that's predominantly Gentile. Now, there's a significant Jewish congregation there, too, and, and, but they're, so they're part of the church. But, but most of the believers would have been Gentile, people who didn't grow up with all the Jewish holidays and celebrations and all of those things. And so when people are saying, oh, let's celebrate this and celebrate that, I go, oh, what do you want to celebrate that? Or, or maybe some of the Jewish people would see this, the Gentiles celebrating some of their days, maybe a birthday or something like that. You know, they're just a, a day that they've sell, set aside, a Labor Day, a Memorial Day, a July 4th. And they said, well, we don't celebrate that. I said, well, we celebrate that. And, and he, so he sees all this discussion going back and forth. What day should we celebrate? What day should a Christian celebrate? What food should a Christian eat? And we start looking at the scriptures, and we don't see anything that says, 
don't eat this meat because it's been sacrificed. Jesus saying, or Paul saying, don't eat this meat. It's been sacrificed. We don't see that this, this day should not be worshipped anymore, this, or worship on, or, or held holy, or, or special. And so we have to make some decisions and calls based on our wisdom and understanding of the scripture that's been revealed to us. And so he's saying you have these issues, and what he's saying here is you need to each be convinced in your own mind. Each of you should be convinced. And he says, those with freedom, those with freedom, and says, hey, no problem, no problem. Don't look down. Don't look down on those who have a problem. And he says, those who have a problem, and says, boy, I, I, don't, I don't think you should be doing that. Don't, don't judge those who do on what I guess in Scripture, uh, when, we, when we interpret Scripture, when we talk about Scripture, we call undisputable matters. On matters that, that the Bible doesn't speak to directly. And we have a lot of those in our world today, don't we? We have a lot of things we argue about that we try to find support for in Scripture. And we find support for in Scripture. And someone else finds another verse that supports that. And, and we end up saying, well, this is a disputable item. Now, there are items Paul would make clear through this through Scripture that aren't disputable. There are not things that aren't disputable in 1 Corinthians 15 when he says, I'll pass on to you what was passed on to me, which is of first importance. Christ died. He was buried. He rose again. And he appeared. He appeared first to Peter and the apostles and then the crowds and then to me. He says, first of all, what's important is that Jesus Christ came and gave his life for us. And he closes this section in chapter 9 about Jesus Christ. He says, our rallying point, our central figure, what unites us is Jesus Now, we may have some differences. Do you remember a guy named Matthew? Matthew was a tax collector. Oh, the Jews did not like tax collectors. These were guys who had sold their soul to work for the government. The occupying force. In fact, they were despised. But they also made a pretty good money doing that. Matthew wrote the first book of our New Testament. He was a disciple of Christ, but an apostle. Also one of the apostles was a man named Simon. His name was Simon the Zealot. Do you know what the Zealots wanted to do? <laughs> they wanted to kill the tax collectors. <laughs> they, would, they would have had no problem seeing the tax collectors being got done away with. They, they, did not, they did not approve of and fought against and, and vehemently wanted Rome to be gone, any occupying force to be removed. And anyone who cooperated with this occupying force was considered to be mm, evil. And yet, when Simon left his job with the government and when Simon finally retired his political activism, they came together and they rallied around one person, Jesus Christ. They served him. They followed him. They gave their lives for him. Together, one of the 12. Paul's saying here, there are really two reasons, two reasons for not judging or not looking down on someone else. He says, first of all, that other person, they're not, they're not your servant. 
They're somebody else's servant. They're the servant of the Lord. And he says the second reason is, and they are doing this, they are doing what they're doing in honor of God and giving thanks to God. And if what they're doing, this disputable item, they've been convinced in their mind. He says, be convinced in your mind. It's, it's, it's good to know what you believe and why you believe it and be convinced. If, you, if it's convinced in your mind, it's right. And you're, you are doing it to honor God and you're doing it in thankfulness of God. He says, don't judge each other. They both rallied around Christ who died for them. The, the, maybe the key verse throughout all of this is verse 7 where Paul is saying this, we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. It's not about me. <laughs> it's not about me and my opinions on whether we should build a wall or not build a wall. It's not me and my opinions on whether we should have universal health care or private health care or where we should wear a mask or not wear a mask. <laughs> it's not about me. And it's not about you either. <laughs> it's about serving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and giving him honor and giving him glory. That's what it's all about. And that's what unites us as the church. And the world doesn't have it. Let the world have the rancor. Let the world have all of the hatred. Let the world have the, the disputing. The church needs to be united around our Lord and our Savior. We're to welcome them. And he says, if each of the weak and the strong are living to honor God and to give him thanks, he finally asks a question in verse 10. So, why do you condemn one another? Why do you look down on one another or another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scripture said, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me. Every tongue will confess and give praise to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Remember, you are given an account not for your brother, not for your sister, not for the person sitting in the pew. Or, well, we're not pews anymore. I can't use that illustration. In the seat next to you. No, you're going to have to give an account for yourself. So be fully convinced. Be fully convinced of what, if you're going to do something, be fully convinced. If you're going to take a position, take, be fully convinced. But don't put that conviction onto somebody else. Be fully convinced in your own heart. Let them serve God. You need to serve God. You need to honor God. Because one day you will need to give an account. It's not about me. I've got enough to worry about with just me. <laughs> and so in view of all of that, in view of everything that Paul has said here, he finally issues a directive. And he says this in verse 13. So, so, let's stop complaining. Or stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another brother to stumble or fall. And I want you to know something. That word decide there is not decide like you're deciding between chocolate and vanilla or Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. That's not what this word decide is. This decide is to resolve. I am resolved. I am vowing. I'm committing. I'm making a covenant. I will not do something. I will not do something that will cause my brother to stumble or fall. Another believer. That can be tough. That can be tough when we disagree. 
When we have passionate disagreements, when we have strong disagreements, that can be really tough. I was doing some research just in the last week or so on, on actually something else, but I happened to be on the Jews for Jesus website. And while I was on the Jews for Jesus website and looking at some of the material there, I ran across an article. In fact, it was the lead article, I think, if you go there now, maybe. And it was an article simply called, um, The Jewish Way to Argue Without Losing Friends. <laughs> I thought, I need to read this one, <laughs> you know. It's the Jewish way to argue without losing friends. And, and it basically, it, the, now this argue is not like we might think arguing. When I you know, think arguing, I think of getting someone's face and yelling at each other. This arguing is debating, intelligent conversation. The kind of conversation when you come out of, you are both lifted. You're both, you're both challenged. You're both thinking maybe deeper than you've ever thought before. And he says there's four key truths in this article. Four key truths that we need to remember when we're arguing or discussing or passionately having some interaction with folks in the church about an item. The first thing is people with different views are not our enemies. (laughs) People with different views are not our enemies. Exactly what Paul said. Welcome the brother and sister who is weaker than you that may have a different opinion of you than you do. Welcome the person who, who you just don't argue about what is right and what is wrong. They're not your enemy. We talked a while back in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul says your battle, your struggle is not with flesh and blood. The person is not our enemy. The person someone's created by God. The person in the church is someone who has received Jesus Christ as their Savior. They're hopefully filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're looking at something and they just they come to a different opinion about it than we do. They think the tax rate should be 50%. And you think the tax rate should be 30%. (laughs) And we argue about what's the proper tax rate for the rich. (laughs) They're not your enemy. And sometimes these are in more... Political, political seems to be where a lot of the arguments are, but sometimes these are argue, things we argue about over the, in the church too, you know. Um, you know, should we have, should we have pews or, or chairs or what kind of music and, and all those things, you know, and, and, and those things that we, we tend to argue about over times. And I'm grateful. This church has been so accepting of just changes and, and I haven't heard arguing, but, but I've, I've heard of other churches. <laughs> the second one, is we often agree on more than what we think. We often agree on more than what we think. You know, when Paul says, I hold hold these things as first importance and I pass them on to you, we agree on a lot. We agree on what Christ has done for us. We agree that, you know, we can agree, for instance, we can agree on a situation that God loves individuals, that God loves the, 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 the person who has been displaced or the refugee. We can agree that that God wants us to protect our people, our our families, and our children here at home. And we can disagree on how then we deal with a refugee problem or an immigration problem. We can disagree. We can both look at scriptures and say, no, this is important. And someone else say, well, I think this is important. We can disagree. But we agree on the basics. We agree on that the, the God loves them and that we have a responsibility to care for the needy and care for the hurting and care for the displaced and to bring justice. We can agree 
because we often agree on more than what we think. Think of all the issues we could disagree on. Trade policies, immigration policies, um, death penalty, gun control, criminal justice, our race relations, even, in, even the, not politics in the world of ethics. How do we treat, treat bioethics, genetic engineering, healthcare issues where we, where, we, where we maybe push in the envelope. We have different opinions, but yet we agree on so much. We often agree on more than one thing. Thirdly, and this, boy, this is important. Language can be more divisive than substance. You know, sometimes it's how we say things. Jesus says, the person who says to his brother, fool, you fool, is in danger of the fires of hell. Our language is important. Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Last week in James, we talked about the tongue. And the tongue can start a fire in James chapter 3. I've started a few fires in my life that I regret with Christian brothers and sisters. I grew up in a family where we would argue. I mean, we'd argue loudly and argue and, 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 and you know, and, and, and even with my friends and stuff, we'd argue and take positions and debate and then we'd go out and have a play a game of golf, you know, or something like that. We were, we were friends and just, well, you know, I, when I got on committees at the church, I found out that not everybody's family was like that. <laughs> I found out that at times where I would be very vehement in, my, in, in expressing my opinion, being fully convinced in my mind that I was right, only to find out that a brother had resigned from that committee because I couldn't handle the way I disagreed. Unfortunately, that was 30 or 40 years ago. But it's still a challenge. It's still a struggle sometimes. The language we use, calling people names, putting tags on them. A gentle answer turns away wrath. And finally, the fourth is listening is more than taking turns speaking. <laughs> You know, we talked about last week, listen, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Well, back to Romans 14 real quick. He goes on, I know and I am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. So Paul, Paul's convinced. Paul took a position. He said, yeah, no problem. But... If someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you are eat, you are not to be acting, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Then you will be, not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. And then listen to this, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what you eat or drink or the masks that you wear or don't wear but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. You know, you can serve God with a bad attitude. <laughs> I've been there. We've probably all been there. We've served God with a bad attitude. But he said, here's the attitude that pleases God and the attitude that others will accept when you disagree, when you convince, because you might, you might be right. And Paul says, I'm right. <laughs> and he might tell somebody, I think I'm right. Here's because I, but it's the attitude we say it with. It's a heart 
and where it is. And then in verse 19, I think Paul shares with us his, his BHAG. You know what BHAG is? It's the big, hairy, audacious goal. <laughs> this, is, this is Paul's big, hairy, audacious goal. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Ah, he says, all I'm asking, let's try to live in harmony. Let's try to live in harmony and build each other up. Make that our goal. Make that our goal, brothers and sisters. Make that our goal to live in harmony, not, not, not in uniformity. We all don't agree. We're not going to agree over chocolate ice cream. We're not going to agree over masks. We're not going to agree on so many things. But we can live in harmony because Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We serve him. And all of us, all of us are living to honor him and to give thanks to him. And if you aren't, I encourage you to do that. He goes on, verse 20, after stop condemning and all of that, he says, don't tear apart. Don't tear apart. Oh, I, I, I can hear his heart here. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Not worth it. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it's wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. And that day was eating. And that day was eating. What is it today? I want you to play one more little game with me here, or at least a thought process. I want you to fill in the blank. Don't tear apart the work of God over. Don't tear apart the work of God over. I'm going to let you fill in that blank. What is it that's a strong position thinking, oh, and God's telling you today, don't tear apart. Don't tear apart the work of God over that. It's not worth it. He goes on in verse 21. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another brother to stumble. The question is, are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to sacrifice for somebody else? And here's the second question. The second fill in the blank is this. It is better not to, not to blank if it might cause another believer to stumble. It is better not to what is, what is it today in our world? What is today in our politically divisive, our, our, our ethically divisive world? Paul says, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. If our goal is to have harmony in the church, let the world fight. Let the world be bitter. Let the world be angry. But in the church, he says, have harmony. Have harmony. The uh, wisdom is thought of as one of the keys by the Jewish leaders of, of arguing and arguing well is certainly to have wisdom. And I, I read a quote this week, and it said this, wisdom recognizes that there's a time to build and a time to tear down. And it's always asking, what time is it? What time is it? I think Paul would say, when we're talking about our Christian brothers and sisters, 
The time is to build up. The time is to encourage. The time is for the church to be in harmony. And he finally says, as he goes on, the rest of this chapter, in the first few verses of chapter 5, you may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Wow. Verse 1, chapter 15. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. It's not about us. We should help others to do what is right and build them up in the Lord. It's time to build. I think as we head into this fall season, it's time to build. It's not a time to tear down. It's a time to build. Remember, we don't live for ourselves. In fact, he says it in verse 7, chapter 15. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ accepted you so that God will be given the glory. I can't imagine Matthew and Simon the first time they met when Jesus called them. <laughs> what did you do? Well, I was a zealot. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, um, um, tax collector. <laughs> tax collector. Uh, wow. Accept one another as Christ accepted them, as Christ accepted you, as Christ accepted me. That's my prayer. Today, these words of Paul speak to us as loudly as they've ever spoken, I think, to any generation. Let the world have the division, the rancor. The church be in harmony. Oh, not, not uniformity. I'm not asking you to believe what I believe. In fact, I don't know if I want you to believe everything I believe. <laughs> but together, together. My prayer for you, my prayer for those watching, comes in closing from Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 6. Paul says this, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today in worship here at Friends Church. It is an honor to come into your homes or wherever you're watching and worship with us. Thank you so much for joining us. In just a minute, there are going to be questions that go by on your screen to follow up our message of this morning. And I just pray that you'll consider these thoughts and questions as they come, as you think about how we communicate with each other and how are we loving each other during these difficult times. And just thank you so much for taking this time. Also, thank you for supporting us in offerings and ties. You can continue to mail those in or, of course, go online, whfriends.org, and there's 
giving tabs there, buttons that you can click on and make your contributions to friends. But thank you so much for allowing us to operate and function throughout these times of COVID. And there are just a couple other things I want to mention to you before we go today. First of all, next Sunday, we are going to celebrate communion, the Lord's Supper. And so uh, you at home, as you prepare for this, we just encourage you this week to get your supplies, get, uh, get the juice, get the crackers or the bread, whatever it is, so that you can join us as we take part in the Lord's Supper in our services next Sunday morning as we worship together. And finally, if anybody you know or you yourself are interested in some part-time employment, we have some openings in our custodial staff afternoons during the week uh, to help clean and take care of our school rooms throughout the building. It's afternoon, late afternoon into early evening, so if you are interested, please contact uh, the church office. You can email info at whfriends.org or pattypeterson at whfriends.org or give us a call and someone will get back to you. And uh, thank you so much. It's a, it's a need that we couldn't have and we really are praying that someone come along and fill that for us. And if that's you, please reach out to us. So thanks a lot. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>